Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. Ladies and gentlemen, the following is a live copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Time now for Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com. And now, here is your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. Yeah, you got a couple of buffoons here trying to figure out how to go live on my uh, Instagram. But I did it the other night, Todd. I went live, but uh, I don't know. I'm a food goes in here. That's where yeah, I get really basic. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Radio Law Talk. Hour number two, not quite as exciting as the first hour uh, in my voice, but I will ramp it up, 855-LAW-RADIO. And Todd was wrong last hour. Todd said it's 855-529. It's 7234. I know. I was you, wrong. You, you should never question me. I, should, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Just Look. follow what I do, and I'm, I've got it. So anyway, 855-529-7234, even if you don't want to talk. Uh, on the air, Cal will take whatever suggestion Gladly. or whatever you want to talk about when it comes to case or no case. This hour, Cal will have another case or no case for us. We're going to continue talking about Harvey Weinstein. Those of you who didn't join us the first hour, which most of you probably have, we're continuing to talk about the trial that started in New York, and we're talking about Vore Dyer and how that works and 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 the system of... Uh, the, the, the choosing of a jury. We're going to go through some of the questions they're asking. And the interesting thing about the questions they're asking is sometimes it sheds light on what their arguments are going to be. And you're not supposed to argue your case in Vordyer. That's the rule. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you can tell how the questions are asked is to some degree an argument or saying, look, this is kind of what we're going to say. I want to make sure you're not going to be prejudicial to us if you're going to say that. And we're going to discuss that in more detail. We're also going to talk about Avenatti is in trouble again and the latest with that. And the California sit-in mom's lawsuit, climate change kids lawsuit, those are all coming up this hour, hour number two of Radio Law Talk. And we had someone tweet in and say, or tweet, did they tweet or they, te- they texted or emailed or tweet? And they said, you know what? We think Mr. Penny at the beginning of the first hour said it was January 29th. September 29th oh, is what they said. September yes, 29th, yes. 2020. Well, last week he said it was November, so it's okay. So <laughs> if they said it was September 29th, 2020, if that's what I said, we're going to fast forward ourselves to September 29th, 2020, and we are going to predict the future. That's what we're doing here. We're the future. We yeah. are the future. 
Well, so, you know, we always reference those alien shows anyway. Right. And, and quite mm. frankly, if you're going to go from one planet that's thousands or hundreds of thousands of light years away to here, you probably have to time travel. So. And they're probably listening to us right now on Planet Cow. No. That's very moving. Yeah. Exactly. All right, let's do a case or no case, Cal. Let's All right, just do here that. we go. Hope you like now Valentine's it's time to Day. play case or no case. Yay! Eight five five. All right, here we go. One of the most romantic restaurants. Uh oh, stop that, right there. That Kathleen loved. Stop. <clears throat> romance. There's three of us dudes here. We're not going to talk about romance. Was a place called Enzio's. Enzio's. Okay. And, and it was Valentine's evening, and Kathleen Hampton had made a reservation for two at Enzio's Cafe for Valentine's Day because nothing says love like Valentine's Day and Enzio's restaurant. Her husband, however, and she had a little uh, a little disagreement before the, the dinner, so he stayed home. But oh. Kathleen said, I'm not going to miss out on Enzio's famous lasagna. I'm going. So she went with her reservations. And according to Kathleen, the staff seated her at a table for two. But Enzio's was so busy, it was booming with lovers looking for a romantic dinner. Oh, I <laughs> and, so, and since uh-huh. Kathleen was by herself, Enzio's staff members requested that she leave that table which because it was reserved for two and there was only one of her. They said, why don't you sit over here at the bar with the rest of the singles? She said that she was humiliated by the experience and called an attorney. And so I asked her, she asked the barrister, case or no case, which is exactly what I'm asking you, Mr. Penny. Case or no case. You said barrister, so this happened in England? No, 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 it happened in Illinois. Illinois, okay, you said barrister. I know, I just thought it was fun. I like that word. All right, (laughs) Illinois. So here's a couple of scenarios. The first thing is... Making a reservation is not a contract that you receive a specific table or a specific amount of people at the table. There is no implied, I would say, or intrinsic or contract. Obviously, there's not a a formal written contract, but you can have an oral contract. There's no uh, contract that's implied that your reservation, you're going to receive it, how long you're going to have to wait. Or how many pe- people at the table you're going to be allowed to be seated for? A reservation is just, I guess I'm going to say, what's the word? It's kind of a promise to be negotiated at a later date. Let's and done for the convenience way. of the restaurant, usually, yes, is it not? Yes, and it's not. So I'm going to say that she definitely loses, but is this a case or a scenario is the question. And this is in Illinois. I'm going to say, mm, okay, I'm going to say this is a case. And she loses because the reservation uh, is not a contract implied or otherwise. All right, Mr. Kunin, what say you? Case or no case on the reneged reservation? Well, I just want to make sure I understand the facts correctly. She got there, she got seated, and then they asked her to move after seating her at a table. Right. Would you mind moving because you're here by yourself? We've got all these couples waiting. How about going waiting at the bar? Okay. And, and did they say, would you mind moving? And she declined to let her stay, or they told her, you either move or you go home? I don't know. They just t- they suggested firmly that she move enough that she was embarrassed and offended. That's all. I- but remember, she just had a fight with her husband. So yes, I don't know. Yes, yes, but anyway. Yeah. Well, well, well. <clears throat> well, because and the reason I ask those questions is because 
there could be more than just the reservation issue. The reservation issue would apply if they didn't give her a table when she showed up. But if they seated her and started to serve her and then asked her to move, I could see there being a bit more to a lawsuit were one to be filed about, you know, intentional infliction of emotional distress or negligent infliction or whatever, all those causes of action, especially given the day and the number of people that were there and everything that's going on. Well, she was seated. We just don't know how far down the process it went. Had they brought just the breadsticks? Did they give her, you know, with the... You know, exactly. Yeah, right, and, right. and I think that clearly she could have made the argument that you should have known something was up since I made a reservation for two and only one of us shows up on the romance night of the year and I was probably upset and maybe said something to the waiter about all this stuff and and with all of that I am going to say no case. No case. No Dang case. I do not no believe this I think is right a case. I think I'm going to get it's It's a scenario. Maybe it happened, whatever, but I don't think this ever materialized into All case. All right. Well, that's really interesting. I'm live on Instagram, by the way, Cal, so make sure you... Okay, uh, so where do we go to, to get the feed here? I don't know. Doesn't uh, We're live just, on Instagram. Just go to... Yeah. doesn't matter. Just tell me that I'm a winner. I'm tired of being a loser today. Well, I can understand why you'd feel that way. For those of you who say this is a case, oh, may I see no. by the show of hands. A loser. Why, Fred, that was you. Oh, oh I lose again. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Did you oh. say it was a case? I said it was a case. Okay, I'm sorry. Got that wrong. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Congratulations. For those it's of you who say You're a Those of you who say it was not a case, that was you, Todd. Yes. Okay, bummer. There. But here's Cal the Enzio's owner reports his staff suggested that Kathleen sit at the bar with other singles, and she refused. They also say she drank two glasses of wine at the bar, for which she did not pay. She Uh-oh. sued Enzio's for 100 grand, settled out of court, but she never did get her apology. So she never got her apology. Got it apology. settles out of court. Don't know for how much. And we don't know how for. So yeah. I get one point. Is that right? Yeah, so we get don't a know. Point. Yeah, and unfortunately, Mr. Cunin did not get any points. I got uh, no point. Well, uh, thank you for saying unfortunately. It means yeah, you're in my yeah. corner. This well, is no fun. Yeah, it's no fun. Well, <laughs> join us the next segment. We're going to continue talking about Harvey Weinstein. We're talking about the jury selection. We'll be back after these messages. There's so much good stuff coming on Case or No Case, even better than Enzio's lasagna. Stay tuned. We'll continue after this. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Since 1960, Iceberg Drive-In has been a family favorite for not only our famous thick shakes with unlimited delicious flavor combinations, but also our hand-breaded onion rings, delicious fries, and signature fry sauce. The Iceberg Shake Shop is perfect for high-traffic locations such as busy strip malls, recreational amusement centers, or near theaters. We are seeking qualified franchisees in the western United States. You'll have access to not only the popular Iceberg Drive-In name, but also our procedures, buying power, and operations. Plus, receive support dedicated to your success. For more information, email franchise at icebergdrivein.com or visit our website at icebergdrivein.com. 
Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Concussion Medical Clinic knows active people run the risk of the concussion. Soccer, football, even a simple fall can lead to a brain injury. Concussion Medical Clinic can test you before you start a sports program so they can have a baseline and more quickly diagnose a concussion should one occur. They also offer expert witness services if you're involved in a concussion case, and their specialty is the treatment of concussion. So if you have suffered a concussion and want the best concussion care available, give Concussion Medical Clinic a call. 916-259-4043. 916-259-4043. Concussion Medical Clinic. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah. We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty and Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. LettyandCompany.com. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Uh Quick, quack, car wash. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and bailing company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. Eva Marie smoked 12,000 packs of cigarettes over 15 years. She quit, and now there's a new lung cancer screening that could save her life. You stopped smoking. Now start screening. No matter how much you smoked, early detection could save you. Talk to your doctor or learn more at SavedByTheScan.com. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser... Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. Welcome back to our two, segment two. Yes, 
That's just what I want to say. You know I think that's right. Yeah. Our, our two segments. We're talking two. about uh, Harvey Weinstein. I know we're, we're, you, some people think we're beating a dead horse. We're not. When you pick a jury, and that's what they're finishing up doing is picking a jury, you usually have to ask questions. And when you ask questions of the jurors, sometimes that tips you off as a reporter as to what they're going to argue in the case. And some very interesting things that that uh, the defense and the prosecutor are questions are asking. And let's go through a few of the questions with Todd, my compadre here, and let's 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 ask ourselves if we can kind of read between the lines, or as Todd says, read the, be- tea, the leaves. tea leaves. And this is very interesting. They, there's there's now I've heard people say, oh well, I know what their key arguments are due to the questions that they're asking during this trial. No, you don't. There's going to be other things, but it gives you a little bit of flavor, right, Tom? Exactly. And here's the first question that uh, the defense is asking in the Weinstein case uh, to the potential jurors. One is, does anybody on this jury think that it's possible that an individual can say they were sexually assaulted when they really weren't? And so what are they insinuating, Todd? What are they insinuating there with that question? What are they trying to say? Is it possible somebody can lie about (laughs) sex, uh, uh, that they were um, sexually sexually. assaulted? Yeah, in other words, uh, these people that are coming before us, uh, you don't have a problem saying that they lied, do you, about that they were sexually assaulted? That's what they're trying to – and what they're trying to do is just plant that in their minds. And and that's that's it. That's – that's an interesting tactic because there will be people that are on the jury that will say, look, I don't want to decide this way because I don't want to call that person a liar. Right. They put two and two together. I don't want to call them a liar. I just don't believe their story. And this question is a creative way to say, hey, here's a way that you can say that it didn't happen without necessarily calling them a liar. Right. Because you said in the beginning, of the, the beginning, yes, I, you know, I, I can find someone that doesn't lie, but they truly believe that they were assaulted, but it didn't happen. Because it also opens the door for people who, like, as you said, believe they were assaulted. But when it comes down to it, they didn't. I think this is starting to lay the groundwork. Remember, there were the motions pre-trial about whether or not somebody could come in, experts could come in and testify about... Oh, what was it? The people, not everybody who has sex against their will is raped right. because there are people that just do it because they have another motive, something else they right. want to do. Right. Or it, it, these are all getting into the areas of pretrial motions that we had heard about. In the okay, past. Cal, I want you to get There's going to be a lot of things that after I read these questions, you're going to have to throw some really interesting sayings. So stay alert as to what you think applies. Here we go. Number two. Does anybody think it's possible that someone can have sex with someone they may not find attractive for things other than love? How about money? Yes. I, 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 I'm sorry, but look, there are – has anybody ever heard the phrase gold digger? You know, and we're not saying. That, uh, we're not we're, say, we're, I'm not we're, saying that that's the case. But if you've ever heard the phrase "gold digger," you are essentially referring to somebody that will engage in that conduct for reasons other than love. And again, we're not saying this occurred here. We are just stating what the defense is asking. These are questions they're asking, and you know that's kind of a tip to say. 
eh, this is what they're going to insinuate exactly. in their arguments. Okay, number three, does anybody think – and these, again, we're talking about the jury questions from Weinstein's lawyers to the jurors. Does anybody think that a person <laughs> – I gotta had consensual sex can change their story years later to turn someone into a now what is a pariah? Pariah. What's a what's a pariah? A, a, pariah, a bad person. Yeah, a bad person, a scourge oh, on society. Oh. Per, turn someone into a, a bad person and say what was once consensual consensual and then say it's something different. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. There is a chance. Those of you who are listening live, he did say so there's a chance. You know, uh, with, Make sure you can play that up here, Cal, on our speaker, okay? You know, with the other questions, the other two that you asked, there are multiple interpretations about whether or not it's calling somebody a liar or not. And with This one here... <laughs> This one here is pretty specific, given how long the question is and the multiple parts to it. But to to say, hey, do you think that somebody can have consensual sex and then later say it wasn't consensual because they want to turn somebody into pariah and say it was something else? I mean, that is essentially them saying the folks you're going to listen to have a motive and they've lied right. and changed your story and doing everything. And that's what, that, that's what they're specific. trying to set up. Now, don't forget, we're going to what the prosecutors are saying, too. But there's another attorney. Don't forget, there's multiple attorneys representing uh, Mr. Weinstein. And here's the next question. The next attorney uh, for Weinstein says, says as follows. He says, uh, this is a he said, she said case. Let's see. Uh, they would be trying a he said, she said case. That's what he's telling the jurors. Uh, that lacks video or audio evidence, um, and 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 basically caution them: do not take the prosecution side by virtue of the sheer number of individuals testifying against Mr. Weinstein. Do any of these people bring along any convenient DNA evidence or anything like that, or is it all? No, this is all a he, this is a he said she said case. That's so he what's says going no, there's no, there's no DNA evidence. in this thing. And, and in fact, I believe that many of the witnesses here and or ladies claiming uh, the sexual harassment and sexual uh, inappropriate sexual conduct was they it did occur. It's not like did this occur? It occurred, but against their will is the argument. Yeah, and those last two questions that you just read, th those are also very similar to what are commonly found in jury instructions where the court specifically advises jurors, don't just count the number of witnesses and make up your mind, okay? And statements attributed to somebody else that are not recorded should be viewed with some caution about their veracity, okay? So... I get those questions. They're very close to jury instruction. All right, we're going to be back, and we're going to talk about what the prosecutor asked the jury, and there's telltale signs of what they're arguing. We're going to be back after these messages. Thank you for listening to Radio Law Talk. It will continue in just a little bit right here, so don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. 
So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they are able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Dish, 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 dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108. That's 800-814. org. See how... Radio Law Talk. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. We were talking about uh, Weinstein, and we're going to get into some more dire questions that the prosecution discussed and, and kind of look at the behind the scenes, and then we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Avenatti. There's some issues going on in Avenatti's case now that just never ends. That lawyer never ends. I, but by the way, I think he was a very wealthy attorney, and now he's almost broke, and they're going to yeah. talk about why he's almost broke. But but Todd, that we've got, we've got on the Weinstein issue, we were talking about uh, uh, what the defense asked, and there's one question the defense asked that we forgot to mention that's interesting. Go ahead and bring that up. So this question is, it's as follows, quote, does anyone think that an individual who's a young actress or actor might, for whatever reason, potentially have a sexual interaction with an older man for a reason other than love? This, quote, close quote, this is the casting couch question. And, you know, do you think, I think what they're getting at is, do you think that somebody would sleep with the older guy who's a movie producer because they think it's going to help their career? That's essentially how I interpret this question. I think it's a legitimate question. I think that to not go there would be to ignore the reality of maybe what goes on. Um, The difficult part with this, though, is that it's a two-edged sword. Because, look, statistically speaking, there are people out Anytime you have a case where you have victims like this, there's a high likelihood that not all the victims who have ever been victimized are represented in this case. But by the same token... There may be a good number of people out there who engaged in this conduct with Weinstein and did it completely consensual. They ended up getting a movie deal or helping out their career, and they had no problem with it. I could have written the question better. Do you accept the premise that sex for movie parts is the way business is occasionally done in Hollywood? Exactly. That, that could be it. The problem where it becomes a two-edged sword is this. First, 
getting people to come in and say, yeah, I slept with Harvey Weinstein so I could get a role may torpedo their career going forward. All right. That could have an adverse effect. The Wait, up- did you say get a role? <laughs> I'm just, just asking. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the, the other part where it gets, or I think it could really hurt him, is the prosecution can come back and say, yep, look at this. They had 50 people come in and say that they got roles. So Harvey Weinstein essentially thinks, I'm entitled to do this. This is how I go. And he doesn't care if somebody consents. He just assumes that every woman who wants to talk to him wants to sleep with him to get a role. And or to get a part in a movie, and he doesn't even care whether they consent or not. He just thinks he's entitled to do this because he's a movie producer. That's how the prosecution would try to spin that kind of an argument. Right. And and so, so you you know you're playing with fire here if you go down that road too far. Yeah, and it, it could it could take a jury off. Don't forget you got they're balancing. It's gonna uh, not making a jury mad. That's exactly, that's exactly what you got to be very careful of is not making a jury mad. That was essentially how the prosecution dealt with the Kobe Bryant case. That's Remember. Exactly. Back in the day, the, oh, he's an athlete. He just thinks he's entitled to do this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff to Mm -hmm. folks. And that's what they'd be arguing with Weinstein. So playing with fire. So we're talking about now what the prosecution asked the jurors as uh, jurors, potential jurors. And by the way, they've chosen the jury. We're just talking about what uh, what the questions were. Number one, the prosecution asks a test or mentions a testimony of a single individual is legally sufficient to find a defendant guilty of sexual violence it doesn't have to be multiple people and that's what they're arguing and then the then the prosecution goes on and says um, you have to uh, let's see really believe a person who is testified in other words but at some point they say you have to really believe a person it's a he said she said and it's okay to believe one person over the other is what they said now, the biggest difference I see between the line of questioning from the defense and the line of questioning from the prosecution is this. These questions that are asked during voir dire are, by law, supposed to only go to whether or not there can be a challenge for cause, which means challenging a juror because they would not be able to, to perform their function as a juror. And quite frankly, the law says, the jury instructions say that the testimony of one person is sufficient. And if you as a juror say, no, nope, I'm going to need more than one, then you're requiring more than the law wants, and you could be bounced for cause. You could be kicked off the jury for cause, not peremptory, but for cause. Whereas Weinstein's questions seem to come very close to that line and maybe go over it. They're aimed more at peremptory-type challenges, even though legally All of these questions are supposed to only go to cause. Now, here's the interesting thing. In my opinion, the most interesting question that the prosecution is asking um, is asking. And what they're asking is as follows. They ask the following. They say, merely because somebody goes to work, right, and puts on a great face and doesn't necessarily dictate what's going on in their life doesn't mean they weren't sexually assaulted. And that's going to be the prosecution's key argument because Weinstein's going to argue, look, number one, they didn't say anything about it. Number two, it was all fine. I'm going to show you texts and emails from them saying, I love you, Harvey. You're my buddy. I think that's what's going on. And the prosecution's got to set this up in their questioning of the jurors, which they're kind of arguing a little bit their case of just because a person acts that way doesn't mean something didn't happen to them, especially women being assaulted by predators. And then they go on and say, um, even the, the prosecutor, even though these women did not report this right away, 
again, is something for you to consider. The jury says you need to, you right, you need to consider that, but you have to listen to the whole story and why they didn't. There is going to be mud on everybody in this. I mean, this is going to be blood and guts and mud and roll around the street, isn't it? Seems like to me. Yeah, yeah. There is. Now, I come at this from a different, uh, from an interesting viewpoint in the sense that for uh, when I was a prosecutor, for about a four-year period, I exclusively prosecuted sexual assault crimes, victims age 14 and over. This was all I did for about four years. And in Tennessee and in California. Uh, well, I did but a little saying. bit in Tennessee, but for the most part, I did it back in the state of California. And this is something that I came to learn as a prosecutor where I think that if the defense is trying to challenge these people because they put on the happy face and they did what, if the defense is trying to challenge that, this is where the prosecution is going to come back. And it's what I learned as a prosecutor, and it's this. There are as many ways for a victim to act and react to being the victim of sexual assault as there are victims of sexual assault. There is no uniform way. There is, it's a fallacy to say she or he did not act like somebody who was the victim of an assault. There is no uniform way. Everybody reacts to it in a way that it that allows them to survive and move on and i think the thing is too is perpetrators as well perpetrators of a crime a lot of times a prosecutor will say you didn't act like an innocent person you didn't do this one little thing that to me would have been a means test exactly is that that not true exactly it's the fallacy here is this idea that there is the way a normal person acts and you deviated from that whether whether you're using it in a sexual assault case well you know and I, I would say in, in any case, I mean, DUIs, you didn't pass these field sobriety tests the way a normal person would. Really? Because I know a lot of people that never drink and they can't do those tests. OK, so it's this idea that there is some sort of normal baseline of people that that you deviated from. And to the extent they're saying that a victim deviated from that, it's a fallacy. It's absolute fallacy. So we're going to continue to follow this. I know we're beating a dead horse to talk about Weinstein, <laughs> but it's very interesting to us. We're going to make sure that we follow it because next week, join us because it, there's more Weinstein going on. We're going to talk about Michael Avenatti. Those of you who don't know, that was Stormy Daniels, lawyer who's in the hot water. He's in jail. He's he's being prosecuted in New York. He's being put before the state uh, um, board, which is the, the New York... Uh, 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 um, ethics board, ethics board, and, and for his, in California, and as in well. California. Yes. And what happens is he's 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 in trial, and he's in trial for multiple things. And as he's in trial for uh, whether or not he has issues with his his bar license as a lawyer, the IRS comes knocking on the door between a break during that trial in New York and arrests him and drags him out. <laughs> it's the judge. Can you see the judge going? Um, um, and actually, not they didn't walk. In, I don't think they walked in the courtroom. But as he's walking out on a break, they grab him, and as they grab him, they say, ah, "You're under arrest." So now we're talking about Avenatti, his situation now that he owes money, and we're going to talk about how the IRS is arguing that he's hiding his money improperly, and that's what we're going to get into Avenatti. And then after Avenatti, guess what? We're also going to talk about a California sit-in mom's lawsuit. The latest on that and the climate change kids lawsuit 
latest on that. Those will be quick ones. But we're going to be back with Cal, Todd, and myself, and without Denise Dirks. We'll be back. For a guy who was going to run for president, Avenatti's year all of a sudden went sour, didn't it? We'll talk about that and more next right here on Radio Law Talk. Stay tuned. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS, and they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo. But first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? 
Right then. Well, uh, Denise, you go ahead. Non uti consilius me oriere por questus purpurium juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd, Todd do it. it. Me? Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <coughs> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com as well. Are you serious? Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. Yeah. All right, we're talking about Avenatti. Go ahead, Todd. So continue yeah, so, on about Avenatti. Uh, so Avenatti, he was in the middle of a disciplinary hearing in L.A. where the California State Bar has alleged that he, uh, what was that? He, that he kept $840,000 from a client. Wow, well, that, that's actually, a lot of money. Well, actually, it was a 300 or 800 well, th- That's right. And this then, was the disciplinary yes, hearing. Yes. They take a break. While they're on break from that, <laughs> he ends up getting arrested. So his attorneys have to go back in, tell the hearing officers, Mr. Avenatti will not be with us right now uh, for the remainder of this hearing. He's in custody and... Look, he is in a world of hurt. This is the list of the accusations. These are just allegations. Yeah, These we always want to say that. Allegations. We believe innocent until proven guilty. These are allegations. Avenatti says he is not guilty of all this stuff, that it's a big frame-up. Exactly. But the IRS is alleging that he has been hiding his money. They, they describe it as a brazen attempt to hide his money. So they doesn't have to pay these debts, and the debts include $5 million to a former law partner, $2.2 million to a former client, $2.5 million in spousal and child support to a former spouse. I mean, that what's that right there? Almost $10 million bucks, just a, you know, 300000 shy of $10 million for those three cases alone, plus the income tax. And that's all on top of the criminal lawsuit where he is accused of trying to extort Nike for up to $25 million and stealing Again, allegations, millions from other clients, people claiming that he would get the money from a settlement and then tell the client, no, I haven't gotten the money yet, but I'll tell you what, I'll float you a loan. And he would then end up loaning them the money that he had received with interest. Those are the allegations. Look, if it's true. Oh, that's trouble. Well, well, here's the interesting thing is what they're arguing, the IRS is arguing, he structured his money. And what a structuring is, is withdrawing money from your bank account in increments, because I believe it's below 10000 the IRS is not notified or the government's not notified that, hey, they're pulling out a lot of money. So you take it out, I guess take it out in 10000 or $9,999 increments, and then he was pushing it off to other places. Now, here's the most interesting thing. This guy is an extremely wealthy New York lawyer uh, in the... I'm going to say the word successful, even though people are going to argue with me. What does that mean? I'm not arguing what successful means. Successful as in he drove Ferraris, had a jet. He lived in a mansion in New York, or at least a beautiful place. And now they are saying they've actually come, the the, the lawyers have come to him and said the following. Your Honor, and I'm going to read this exact. 
I, I want to turn the page because I want to read what it says. They basically said, Your Honor, he has no money and he needs a, what type of lawyer is that? Would that be a public defender? A public defender is what they're arguing. He now might need a public defender, Avenatti. And they're saying, you know what, let's see what's going on, but he might not have the money to pay for anything. So Avenatti was living the life. Mm -hmm putting out the veneer of being a super prosperous, very well-off guy where if he wanted anything, he could just snap his fingers and go buy it or whatever. And these guys are claiming, Your Honor, uh, it was Hollywood. The money was a prop. The, all the jet was a set. It was all fake, basically, that he didn't have what he, people, what he wanted people to believe he had. Isn't that what I'm seeing out of this? That, that seems to be it. I, now, now yeah. look, I'm looking at this saying... It would not surprise me if the attorneys representing him have realized that whatever well there was, it has run dry. Whatever amount was placed in a client trust fund and they were billing against that, that has been depleted and he does not have the means to replenish. And these attorneys are now looking at it, hoping that they can convince the judge to allow them to withdraw from the case because they're not getting paid and then he would have to go with the public defender. And that's not always a given. Some I have seen some judges when attorneys, obviously not <laughs> add as many zeros to the end of the number as it makes relevant for you. But I've seen some attorneys make this request. And the court said, you know what, counselor? No, when you got into this case, you agreed to take payments and you did this. And that is your issue. I'm not letting you out of the case. And you always run that risk. And so... They're trying to get out. We'll see if the we'll see if the judge lets them. I gotta tell you, there's I'm not gonna. He, I don't know if his name is, is is supposed to be put out, but I have one of our live listeners. He's, he sent me emojis of like crying. I was like, <laughs> oh, <it's> just... <laughs> nobody feels sorry for Avenatti. Poor, That's right. li poor little uh, show-off lawyer. Yeah. I oh mean, yeah. It's, we're gonna... it's, it's interesting the way you that... don't feel sorry for the lawyers, I, I, Cal. I, I... He was gonna be the president of the United States. Oh, just ask him. I don't I feel sorry for lawyers. <laughs> I remember when I got to Tennessee. And, and I was a new DA, and the defense attorneys would, would come in and they'd need a continuance. And this is the why th – there was two reasons they would ask for a continuance. they say, Judge, we need a continuance because my client has agreed with Rule 1 or hasn't complied with Rule 1. And the courts would say, okay, continuance. And the second one was, Your Honor, we need a continuance. We're trying to subpoena a key witness, Mr. Green, and he's not available. And, and I couldn't figure out what this was. And finally, the DA pulls me aside and said, Rule 1 – is the client hasn't paid his lawyer yet, and every judge knows it. <laughs> Rule two, trying to subpoena Mr. Green. The client hasn't paid his lawyer. Mr. Green is money, okay? And and it's just the way it was. You yeah. said that, and the judge agreed to the continuance because the judges were all private attorneys at one time, too. Well, anyway, we're going to move on. California housing crisis. You know there's a problem in California with housing. And these mothers moved in, and we talked about it last week. These mothers moved in to these houses that are being flipped by these companies. Yes. And so they buy the house, they leave it vacant, they flip it, make money. And this is in Oakland, in the Bay Area, where it's expensive. And what happened is mother said, you know what? We're just going to move in. And they moved in, and uh, when they moved in, they said, you know you guys are making tons of money. You don't need this house. I need it. I'm a, a mother that's homeless, and I'm going to take this house. And they, they claim they didn't break in. So, but, yeah. but this went to the – so they took it to court, and it went to the appellate court. They went to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. 
which, by the way, everyone thinks is the most liberal court out there. It, believe it or not, is not the most liberal court out there. But the Ninth uh, Circuit Court of Appeals basically said we 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 feel for you. I don't think well, maybe it wasn't the Ninth. No, it Circuit. wasn't the Ninth. It, it, it went, was the. It went to the. It went to the local. The, the, and the, the local. Lo- and the court. local. Right. And the local judge just not said. Ninth Circuit. Ninth yeah. Circuit. So the local judge yeah. said, um, "Look, we feel for you, I, but you've got to get out because." You know, this is more of a, a social issue. It's an issue for your legislator and for the city to deal with. It's a political issue. It's not an issue for the courts. Get out. Here's the interesting thing. The most interesting thing is they they did not get out, and then they got everyone coming there, uh, videoing it, and so the sheriff rolls in, and here's these mothers with children, but but everyone's like, oh, it's, that's horrible to kick them out. Wait a minute. This is someone else's house. You know, there's a 14th Amendment issue here, mm-hmm. and I'm not, we're not taking sides, but, you know, their argument is it's not, hey, it's not, you're not using it in any way. But go go to another facility, just a minute, Cal, I know Cal wants to talk, but the interesting thing to note is everyone's saying, oh, look at them taking these people out. It was the sheriff knocked the doors down with the battering rams and took these mothers out with children um, and actually arrested a number of them. So, Cal, go ahead. Well, Cal. one of the lawyers for the women said, we understand, Your Honor, that uh, you are more interested in property rights than human rights, which decries the simple underlying premise. It's a property right is a human right. A right to own property right. is a human right. Right, and here's the other thing so is, is you I cannot thought. go in and even attempt to say it's your property, you have the right to the property under the law unless you you have to pay the taxes on that property. And squatting, you have to live there for a certain amount of time. It's got to be quite a while. Five years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't remember the exact. It's, I depends think it's on five the state. years. Depends on the state. It depends right. on the state, but it's a long time. And it must be open and obvious that you're living there. So I don't think these ladies were paying taxes, to exactly. be honest. Exactly. You. you have just described the mechanism by which you can become the owner of property. It's called adverse possession. And if you don't follow the steps that are laid out in the law, then you can't do an end round to get it elsewhere. That's basically what the court and, ruled. And here's the court at ruled, you we're going to give you five days to move out. And they barricaded and locked, locked themselves in, and that's what happened. And then it, then it looks bad for the sheriffs. And I feel sorry for the sheriffs that's got to go out there and, okay, i got to drag a mother and her children out, and, and it makes the sheriff look bad, but that's what they had to do. We're going to talk about uh, third hour. The court is throwing out the climate uh, change kids lawsuit. And we, Dodger fan, oh my gosh, you've got to hear about what the Dodger fans are saying about a class action lawsuit that they want to bring. <laughs> this is great. Join us next hour, third hour. Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO. We will be back. We'd love to hear from you right here at Radio Law Talk. You can always email us, info at radiolawtalk.com. We appreciate your reaching out in whatever way is best for you. And we'll be right back with more Radio Law Talk momentarily. You have been listening to Radiolawtalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.
age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-985-1813 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-985-1813 now. Again, that's 800-985-1813. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer.